This is another <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> it's another exclusive moment for the video viewers. But uh, Vin Diesel just posted this in 2012. I got to turn the brightness up so you can see it. Hold up. Yeah, you got a shitty cover on your phone screen. What the fuck? Now I can. Yeah, thank you. What? What? What the fuck is that? Only the video viewers can decipher that for themselves. The audio listeners will just have to, just have to wonder you, at why Vin oh, would do this. Oh boy, why Vin would depose this? What's he trying to say? What's he? What's he trying to say with that one? Streets was asking, man. I. I Welcome to Down Down Critics of Down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name's Morgan Roberts. My name's Dominic Fitzgerald. <laughs> this is, what, what a way to start. I mean, what a way to start a pod. I mean, yeah. you keep it in the family, you know, Vinny, but, you know, come Yeah. I mean, bro, what are you doing? I mean, sometimes you just see that and you got to, you got to tell somebody, you know, you got to, you got to <laughs> let the people around you know. It's like, how did this pass? They, from May, from May, 2012. It, <laughs> the fact that we didn't, that we haven't been talking about that on loop for the past eight years is eight years. shocking. What did he just share it again or something? But no. What? Okay, someone just someone in my now? friends list just tagged someone else and it, and it popped up <laughs> and I was like, now this is content. <laughs> but that happens a lot. It does happen a lot. People do go back through the through the Vin Diesel Facebook treasure trove. Let's be real. It's it's the only word to describe it. The treasure trove. I and mean, pull out some gen. man. The guy. The guy who turned down Too Fast, Too Furious because Chronicles of Riddick. I know. And you look at him now. I mean, we all know how that... I mean, yeah, I mean, he's fine now, but... I mean, have you heard about that Fast and Furious video game? No. That came out the other week and is apparently the, the one of the worst rated games of the last decade, let alone this one. It's so bad. No. The PC port apparently does not even allow the use of a keyboard. Like you have to have a controller. You have to have a controller to play it on PC. You can't even like remap the keys. <laughs> it looks like I a mean, Wii game. One, it's one thing when you pull up a Bethesda game on, like, on console, and you're like, "Oh, brah, Like, come on, just change the UI because, you know. Yeah. But you know, at least it's remapped. And then there's that. Yeah, there's shots fired at Bethesda. Yeah, it, damn, you sh- sh- shooting your shot at King Todd Howard, Mister. <laughs> it just works. <laughs> it just works. Mm, speaking of, uh, speaking imagine of, if Apple, imagine if Apple's products were like Bethesda, <laughs> they just works. And by that <laughs> yeah, we they mean just, they they just don't. <laughs> they have like imagine if I like if I like pressed this button on this phone and it just inexplicably just started going. There's the doll, the rag doll. Look at this sweet video content. It's just too. still going. It's still going. Look at this. I kicked this. I I punched the polar bear with my shield, yeah. and it just flew halfway across the map. You went to plug in your phone to charge up to complete a quest, and the game and the phone breaks. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. Yeah, thanks, Toddy. Thanks. It just works. It just works. Um, I'm so glad this is much, video now so we can witness those incredible physical <laughs> movements that you just did there explaining much, that bit. Much like, uh, speaking of just work, just working. Speaking um, of video although games. actually working, not 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 us taking the term sarcastically, Toddy Howard. Thank you so much, mm. Todd. Todd but oh, oh, they, if anyone hasn't figured out the sarcasm, 
Bethesda games have a history of being incredibly janky. There we go. I've explained the joke. There Thanks, we go. There Dad. We to our non-gamer um, audience. Yeah, but unlike uh, Bethesda, um, uh, you know, Eon Productions finally perhaps getting the formula right. Well, one. it's definitely Let's talk de- about that. Definitely cementing that, ladies and gentlemen. 1977's The Spy Who Loved Me. What else is happening in 1977? Let me tell you. One of my all-time favorite albums, Pink Floyd. Animals came out in 1977. Wow. Mm, mm. Finishing off the trio, one one might say, of their greatest. I mean, you know, shout-outs to all the Wall fans. Mm. No, I'm not I'm not a fan. Sorry, guys. Not a fan of the Wall. There we go. First we go. bomb dropped. You and um, uh, you but, and the Nostalgia Critic, who, who notoriously right. <laughs> hates it and bullied it, but in also a very... Pro- who probably doesn't like the White Album either. Probably for I... the same reasons. <laughs> I'm not enough of a Pink Floyd fan to know what that means. No, no, the white, the white album, the Beatles, the white album. Oh, I yes. feel like they occupy the same. There's people that are just guys. Um, guys I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a zoomer. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what he's talking about. Something about a, a Beatles. Help me out here. So the spy who loved me. Uh, <laughs> Finishing off their trio of 1973, 1975, 1977, Dark Side of the Moon, Indeed. Wish You Were Here, and uh, Animals. Um, anyway, Pink Floyd Corner. This has been Pink Floyd Corner with Morgan. Yep. What big what big event film of, of, of... Ten years before I was born. What big event film of everyone's generation came out in 1977? Mm, oh, yeah. A few little cultural touchstones. Uh, happening in 1977, a certain George Lucas franchise, uh, mm. although it wasn't a franchise, just a little vehicle that became something. Certain um, little piece of cinema that continued to inspire literally every single person on the planet that saw it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to just note that, you know, Star Wars has been a big inspiration for me, and uh, yeah, shut the fuck up, you and every it's other It's certainly a big inspiration for ever. next... Certainly a big inspiration for next week, which we'll get to... <laughs> Hmm, we will get to that. When the moon ranking um, comes. But, but this, turbulent look, time. This was, yeah, it was a crazy time. Turbulent time, time, for, time. For, for old for old Mr. Legend Cubby Broccoli, Albert R. Broccoli. Mm. Mm. For some reason. Tell, me, tell us more because we've got a real installment, I feel. I feel like this has been brewing that we've got a real installment I of mean, pieces coming up for this episode. It's just a key, this is just the key moment. Like you said earlier, this is the film that really cements the bond the bond formula which i agree because mm. if it didn't do that this time we may not be talking about james bond in a different universe mm. Mm. poor old mm. harry saltzman has to has to sell his share of, of of the james bond license because of whatever financial distress he found himself in mm. and partially due to the fact that himself and cubby broccoli were starting to work as less of a team in the creation of the James Bond films. They, they found themselves arguing about minute things more and more. I'm absolutely certain they had an argument over J.W. Pepper, though I, I have not, I did not do enough Googling to find out. If that was the, Nord. I did not yeah, watch enough right. of the, the bonus features. And I was looking, I was looking for those I mean, bonus here's features. The thing. Here's the thing. I would, I like, uh, you know, sad. I mean, it's sad when creatives, you know, yeah. butt heads, but I just want to say, I hope they fucking had a, I hope someone got fired or had a big conversation 
uh, over JW Pepper to JW Pepper. <laughs> Jesus, Come I mean, on, guys, Clifton like, James, really? who played JW Pepper, did, certainly did not return. So in a way, he got fired. But I mean, I was actually watching. I watched. What did I watch the other day? Uh, what comes after Moonraker? Uh, for your eyes only. For your eyes only, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I had this little thing in the back of my head. I was like, if this is, if he's going to make an appearance, this is the scene. And I'm like, please, God, don't. Was it, was it, was was it, was it the, was it the little car chase with the Citron through the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If JW Pepper showed up there, like, on holiday, if he and Melina are, like, whipping through the trees and JW Pepper's like, boy! It would, that would have, that would have oh killed me. I came here on my hunting holiday, boy. What you doing? <laughs> Is there a corner of the globe you can't go to, boy? <laughs> well, there's certainly a corner of the club that this fictional, <laughs> fictional expansion character of J.W. Pepper can't go to. Yeah. Because uh, he's just, he's, he's just in my nightmares. He's just in every, he's in every corner of my <laughs> dumb nightmares. Like, he's just proper. I see him up. in my dreams. <laughs> That's right. It's like, it doesn't matter what dream it has. Like you, you could have it. You name me ten. You know, you name me the classic nightmares or the dreams. You know, you're having a, you're having yeah. the either you're having Giant this spider, wonderful sex dream, or you're having the nightmare scenario where you go to school with no pants on, or whatever yeah. the whatever the classic dream yeah, is. The classic nightmares. Are just, Why, boy? What you doing now? No, no pants on at school. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that no, that classic nightmare is you you're like doing your driving test and then JW Pepper gets in as your instructor. Boy <laughs> You don't put it in first gear, boy Anyway, Wait, enough bullying. We're talking a lot about JW Pepper for someone who thankfully is not in the film. Yeah, well I mean thankfully to this, this podcast. But anyway, right. So <laughs> Cubby this is Cubby mm. on his own, right? And yeah. People react to the uh, man with the golden gun somewhat similarly to how we did last week by going, saying it, chief. Yeah. So look, there's a big last legal week, proceeding last, uh, that's last sort of, yeah. there's, there's a, there's a big legal proceeding that sort of drains everybody. This is when Cubby Broccoli and his stepson, Michael G. Wilson start to come a little closer together. He's like, uh, you know, Michael G. Wilson is traditionally trained as a lawyer. And so he comes to, you know, help sort out the family issues. But, you know, mm. he's like, he's always been around the Bond sets. He's always known what to do. So Cubby's mm. like, you know, come come help me make this one. Just in a small capacity. I forget specifically what he's credited as. Credited as, yeah. It yeah. may be screenwriter or it may be some sort of associate producer thing. But all in all, it's it's it, that's the start of that big family. This is the start of the dynasty of it all, right? Because, mm. you know, mm. Harry Saltzman and Covey Broccoli before then with these films are just film producers, right? Well, not just film producers, but they're like, you know, they are they are doing it. This is when it starts to become the family affair that I really think sort of saves, uh, that has definitely become such a big part of why I love the franchise so much because you can see it so much, right? But there was really a lot of pressure to make this the, the go big or go home. Like, mm. if you were going to do, if you was, if this was theoretically going to be the last James Bond film, which nobody wanted it to be, you know, no. you got to show people why it deserves want, to. I think you don't want that. Like, you don't want 
No, it's a, it doesn't matter. You know, d- d- despite how many missteps this franchise may or may not have made over the, you know, uh, the, the years, you don't you don't just want, especially after it's been going for this long. I mean, how, yeah. how long at this point? Fourteen how, years how long has it been going for. No, 15 fourteen years. years. How many films? Seven years. Connerys. This is the tenth film. This is the tenth film. This is why it's such a big thing. It's the tenth. Hmm. Big boy's going into double digits. Big boy James Bond is turning ten. And yeah, I, I think I don't know what prompted the selection of of this book to go next, but there's definitely a a, a grandeur to this one that I think is is necessary and pretty much the reason that it sells. Mm. Mm. That's all my preamble. That's let's 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 get into it. How does this work as a James Bond feature film? I'm just going over the summary of the plot again because it's been a few weeks, which I should have done before we recorded. Which you should have been it on the record, but you can edit yeah. this out. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. No, <laughs> I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm, I've got enough editing of podcasts that I, you know, professional. Yeah, fuck, hey, fuck sl- podcast editing. Fuck, fuck it. I'm just dumping this straight in. Yeah, okay. Like this is this is great. It's the it's the it's the first formula of um not the first formula, but it's it's just it's textbook. But it's it, it just hits every mark like it's supposed to, you know. Introduce you James Bond. Introduce the sort of conflict of the piece, which is, you know, this weird guy, Carl Stromberg, shipping a lot of stuff out of the country, building something that, you know, probably that's right. isn't entirely legal. But yeah. that's all... That's all <laughs> That's that's almost the B story in this movie because the A plot is the interaction and relationship between James Bond and Major Masimov, played by Barbara Back. Who is who is married to Ringo Starr? There you go. Inter- oh. Interlink with our Beatles bit. Maybe I'm not a Zuma after all. Maybe I do know things about old people. Yeah, you pretending that you're not a Zuma. Sorry, I've been very quiet because I'm just... Re- re- I know, you're reading <laughs> the Wikipedia. I'm reading the plot summary. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to, like, get into that nugget and then, like, uh, go ham. Um, I don't know. Like, I've really got to take time out to read this again. Okay. Go to the base. Yeah, I forgot, I've forgotten what happens in this film. Cut to Alan Partridge singing, um, <laughs> Nobody Does It Better. Clang! <laughs> Nobody does it better. I'm a naked one in cellar with a gun spinning round. Makes me feel sad for the rest. Nobody does it. Oh, but a nipple. And I'm a really big bounce right over, and I land on my feet. I wasn't looking. You found me. Oh, bit of bush. I tried to hide from your love life, and all swinging on a luger, a giant luger. Ooh, look at that! Like heaven above me, and another naked woman walking on the top of a gun, completely Billy bollocks. Secret safe tonight, and then, and then one more big swing from a woman. Legs go right apart. Oh, what was that? Too, too late. Nobody <laughs> does it right as good as you, baby. You're the best. Yeah, so uh, do, do you want to hear, hear some, some more? more? So there you go. There's, there's at some point this podcast has to 
watch an Alan Partridge vehicle. I've often said, if Alan Partridge, the character, wants to go the James Bond route, like, I'll audition. Hmm. I think I could do it. Hmm. I could be There's the George of- Lazenby. I could be the George Lazenby <laughs> of Alan Partridge. Ooh. I'll only ever do it once, and everyone will much, much, much prefer Steve Coogan because, of course, they will. But unlike Sean Connery, he's actually the the, the given superhero. the relatively poor financial returns and generally unfavorable response of critics mm. to its predecessor, The Man with a Golden Gun. Mm. The Spy Who Loved Me was a pivotal film in the Bond franchise. Yep. Huh. Yeah, that's right. So True. he had to sell the thing. Well, you know what's funny? What? <laughs> that's hilarious. They actually approached Spielberg, mm. who was currently in post-production for... Uh, would have been... What did he come out in 77? Um, um, Thingo. Uh, 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 Close Encounters of the Third Kind. No, no, no. Think about this film and a very important character in this film. Oh, Jaws? Was he in post for Jaws? Yeah, yeah in no, post actually, for Jaws. Yeah, Jaws came out in 74, right? That's hilarious that he's in post for Jaws. I don't know, Spielberg. I don't know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, no, th- yeah. Spielberg really wanted to do a Bond film. Spielberg really wanted to do a Bond film. He was a massive fan. I don't think he could do it. I don't think... He- well, that's the thing. Cubby was like, no Americans. No. Yep. And I also don't really think he could do it, because I don't think Spielberg... I don't think he gets it. Well, I just think that the, his... I think his visual style could do it, but I don't think his storytelling sensibilities match up, you know? Mm. But, you know, him not getting the job is what led to, well, is the other half of what led to him and George working on Indiana Jones. Mm. Half of it, at least. Now, you talk about the Bond formula. There's yep. a there's a real return here of the, um, which is funny because, um, you know, Kevin... Is it Kevin McClory? No, Kevin McClory is... Um, that's the that's the name of the guy. The, the <laughs> he who shall not guy. be named. No, the director of this film... Yes. Um, Lewis Hamilton. was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had directed, No, not Lewis Hamilton. That's a race no, car Gilbert. driver. Lewis Gilbert. I was thinking of Guy <laughs> Hamilton, who made... So he's directed Golf. You Only Live Twice. Yes. And I, I just feel like we need to talk about You Only Live Twice mm-hmm. a bit here because of the recurring themes between those films. Yeah. About big bad building a thing that gets up smaller things exactly in order to get some countries to fucking bomb each other i mean uh, nuke each other that too Um, i was gonna say if we go back to our conversation about you only live twice it was really the first time we saw like big excessive style in a bond film like the first four like yeah they had the, the the lavish sets and the the cool actors but it was sort of shot kind of like really, really basically in like almost like expensive TV. Lewis Gilbert mm-hmm. was doing like big sweeping shots of Bond fighting on rooftops. He was doing, you know, these incredible color palettes and these these thematic cuts. And it was just, it was, it, we, we both agreed. It was the first time that we had seen sort of auteurship in a way in a Bond mm-hmm. film. And I think, yeah, and he's the perfect guy to come back and do this one. So, because that's the thing that I really loved. I loved the scale of this. It's like, let's literally capture, like, a bunch of submarines in a whole thing, in this whole container ship. And then the set piece of that, the, again, yet again. This is the first, this is the first Bond film with the famous 007 stage built. They built the 007 stage on Pinewood Studios just so they could build that entire interior submarine set. What is it? What do you mean the 007? What do you mean? Oh boy, I didn't. This is fun. 
<clears throat> Pinewood Studios, yeah. historic film studio in 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 London, right? Yeah, been yeah. operating since like the 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 forties, just after the war. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were primarily the home of the Bond films, right? Uh huh. Just because Cubby probably American producer working a lot in England, just sort of worked a lot there because it was the premier sort of soundstage for it. And I think still to this day is the, you know, it's where Marvel movies shoot if they have to go to London. It's where Star Wars movies shoot. It's where obviously Bond shoots. And so, you know, Cubby Cubby said, we got to go big on this one. So they took the time. Like if we look at the release schedule of the Bond film, this has been to date to that date the longest gap in between a Bond film. Normally it's like you can turn them around once a year. Sometimes yeah, it's switched. That's three, three. That's a long three time. Years. It's three years. A year to sort out the legal, a bit to set out the legalities, sort of plan the film and to build this fucking soundstage mm. to have this so big. built on new stage. So, is that now so they the founded Eon, Eon Productions built the 007 stage to be the biggest okay. set on Pinewood where they could do these big elaborate, fucking like think like Ken Adams. We've, we, we, we've done nothing but praise the God tier work of Ken Adams. I've got to say that best, like still the highlight of bond mm. is, is always, and will always be Ken Adams. Yeah. Is it Ken Adams? Ken Adams. Ken Adams. This conversation. Oh, we did have this conversation because I Ken fucked Adam. it up. Either way, Cubby was like, we got to give Ken Adams the biggest canvas we could imagine. We got to give him room to do some incredible stuff. And they fucking did. Because you only live twice, like you've got the you've got the silo with yeah. a, a launch, and it's like okay, let's have let's have the interior of a tanker with three entire submarines in it. Yeah, massive, and then the whole back section where the where the operations are held. Because there's this classic bond, and they'll always bring this out with behind the scenes when they're talking about this. It's like there's a there's a bond there's a bond wide shot. Yeah, and I th- I really feel like we saw it first with. You only live twice with the ninjas. Exactly. Um, Because that was the first set that, like, had that insane scale to it. Like, you know, Dr. No, like, that control room, it's big, it's cool, but it doesn't have the wide, you know. No, but that's right. But that's that's the seed that they're planting. It's like, we want this scale. It's great. When when people come to watch Bond, it's like, well, you know, what we always say, we we go to watch Bond because you want the spectacle. Yeah. On location, shot on film, yep. crazy sets, all the stunts, all yep. the bullshit. Yes. And that's kind of the thing. And and so when you've got this film that is saying it's just always pushing, it's always pushing it further. The absolute mantra. This one cements it. They, they, mm. they really do lean so hard into just doing it big, doing it big. They filmed at the fucking pyramids for real. Yeah. They filmed, you know... I mean, the, let's let's talk about every every dad's favorite set piece that no one wants to acknowledge. Rog for all the boy, all the Sean Connery dads. You know that your favorite action scene is the underwater lotus, and you never give Rog the credit for it. Never. That fucking never. underwater lotus scene is baller. Everything that lotus does, baller. Is this the first lotus? In this is film? the first Cause... lotus. This is this is yeah. the because the, they signed a three picture deal. Yeah, which is why it's in the because, next. Which is why it's in the next. It's three. In the next one, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah, um, and then they obviously yeah. make fun of it in in for your eyes only. But we'll get to that. Yeah. 
<laughs> Which is it's is, a, it in, is it in Moonraker? What, yes, it is in Moonraker. Moonraker. He just he just drives okay. it around. It's not. He just drives it around. Nothing happens to it. It doesn't go underwater. Not no. It definitely does not go. It definitely it doesn't, doesn't go into up. space either. Even though that would be <laughs> fucking incredible. But enough about Moonraker. Yeah, like you said, practical stunts. I could I could name I could run off a whole bunch of incredible stunt sequences in this film. Uh. I, uh, the scale is here and they just fucking crushed it. Crushed mm. the scale, right? Mm. Let's talk about the man himself. Roger Moore finally figured it out. I feel like this is one of the films, like, I first, you know, like, when when we had Live and Let Die, mm. he's still Bond, but he's showing us, like, just how horrible Sean Connery was. But then we had that sort of, he tried to be a bit, again and then sort of fucked around he had those elements where he he, no one had told him or or no one had really thought you don't have to be james bond does not have to be a dick like sean connery that's just Mm. how sean connery played it Mm. you can you can be this other element right i I just thought like nothing nothing about him now is making me go i mean yeah he's still bond bob is Bond is proper. I mean, like that's, everyone accepts that, but I, I, I feel like that's, 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 I, I half agree with that. I feel like Bond was proper. We've moved past it. We've, 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 uh, well, not like entirely, but we've, uh, this is, this is a speech I'll give a lot during the, the Brosnan run where it starts mm. to become, uh, there's levels to it. Right. And I think there's levels to it here. Right, I think this is where it starts. Mm. Where, on a level, this is where women start to get agency in Bond films. Mm. This is so where they start to have their own characters and make their own decisions. A decade. Sorry. It took us fifteen years. <laughs> it really did take us fifteen years. But this is like, if we look at all the Bond films, most of them are to to this point. A lot of them yeah, are just yeah. girlfriends of the villain or just attractive women who get shot, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the first time James Bond's penis has not brought upon suffering. <laughs> like, it just, yeah. it. Th- th- he only, th- he smashes two women. D- yeah, I've got that number, right? Two women, and they both, A, end up alive or, <laughs> and end up, like, better than they started off with, right? Hmm. Which is a thing, which is a start. Not great, but it's a start. And Roger Moore just just realizes I I don't have to be aggressive. Really. There's that one scene where there is that one scene in the beginning of Egypt where there's just that lady who's like, Oh, you have to wait for Mr. Feckish here. Um uh, kiss me. Oh no, I got shot. I mean, there's always that, and and I think that, that there's something that I will talk about in our next episode, mm. um, around the idea of women coming into Bond's sphere of influence, yeah, and then being used as plot devices, yeah. which I feel obviously is has been a hallmark so far, um, and I, I'm just sort of interested that you said that they're starting to address it when. And we'll we'll get to that mm. next week, but 
that I think they made a few still. Not all they the might time. Have made a couple of steps backward there, in the there, next There one. are still Let some. Say, there are still some mistakes. Let me just say. And I do, and I do want to, and I do want to say, like, it's not a constant thing, right? Because I was reading, I've been rereading the the Moonraker book in preparation for next week. And without getting too into it, Moonraker only has sort of one female lead, and so far she's she's a fairly she's a character with agency. She's she's more than just you know, okay. still some cook shit, which I'll address next week. But like on the level, I think it's a case by case basis of sometimes, as Ian Fleming is a writer, and then th- the screenwriters of these films, which is it's a fairly common. I think this one is still uh, Richard Maybaum. I think this is mm. this is sort of more into his run. There's anyway. there's 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 a case by case basis that you know depends on the story. Women still get fucked over, <laughs> but there are some now that that get quite interesting roles and get you know it's become I think it's become, and this is again where I put the blame solely on. People now have only ever seen. Daniel Craig films that have come out in the cinemas or they just watch their dad's fucking Sean Connery DVDs. And the Sean Connery DVDs do us no favors in the, in, in the, in the fight for proving no. that Bond is more than just a fucking dickhead. No. And people just, and, and you know what? And, and here's the thing that mm. I have been, and I've been bringing this up a bit in other spheres, mm. just random comments. Like, it's, oh, you know, I'll just randomly jump in by Sean Connery was the most born. And just watching yeah. people's people's reactions going, what? Nah. Yeah. I have to tell, this is the thing. No, no one I know likes these movies like I do. No one, no one right. watches them regularly. No, no. For the first time Nobody ever. Nobody does. Nobody does it back. For the first time ever, a mate of mine, one of my very good friends, his new girlfriend is the only other person I know who has at least seen most of them. And I was like, bruh, because nobody, nobody watches them. Nobody watches them. And I don't know why. Like they've either seen the the Craig films, they've seen Skyfall in the theaters. And it's like, (sighs) Skyfall is kind of hollow if you don't have the entire 22 film backlog. And they've seen Spectre, which is boring as shit. And again, it's hollow fine. if you don't fine. have the entire 23 film backlog. It's fine. I was listening to something the other day that they were like, Skyfall was so great. And then I think like, I think Deakins was saying like, they had to start shooting Spectre and like the final third of the film wasn't even written. I have a draft. Or- I have a draft script from Spectre. <laughs> I found it online. Like one of the draft PDFs. It's fucking like, as they were shooting, like it's dated. Let me pull it up right now. I'll tell you what, when it's dated. So that you can see just how late this shit is. Nuts. Hmm. Absolutely crazy. Where is it? Here, this folder. SSS Spectre. Spectre 2015. Dated. It's a production script dated to... Belong to John Glickman. Whoever whoever that is. Shooting script October 17th, 2014. So this was like... They didn't even have the title yet. They didn't even have the fucking title. They didn't even call it Spectre. Do you feel like this? And here's the 
here's another interesting thing mm. that we're talking about. And, you know, COVID only delayed this a certain, like it was already 2020 when it was coming out. Yeah, No Time to yeah, Die was no time to die. set for April. One of the largest. And then, yeah, but it's still like 2015, right? 2015 to 2020. It's still one of the longest. Yeah, yeah. the second longest. It's officially the second is, longest. It's the second longest. Is this a mini kind of, are we talking the next, are we talking No Time to Die in a way doing doing a Spy Who Loved Me-esque almost mini save of the franchise? Because I would argue that when you have Skyfall and then you follow it up with Spectre, <laughs> He, you, you're kind of saying we we really need to pull out the stops. Here's the thing about the modern Bond the era. Here's the fascinating thing about Daniel Craig's era, right? It is a fucking really, roller really coaster alternate. of that. Like, it's, cas- Casino Royale we'll is get a, there, but it is a waveform. It's a literal wave. Exactly. I mean, I do not remember. Qu- I do not remember. I can't I've wait. I've probably seen it once. I don't remember. <laughs> quantum, I can't wait for that episode because I'm a. I'm a. I'll just say it. I'm a quantum apologist. I I think that I think that that movie is successful given its own circumstances, and we yeah, will okay. I mean that's okay, and we can we will have a lengthy discussion about that in the quantum episode. And I'll make sure that unlike this episode, I read the Wikipedia article. Yeah. Here's the wave. Here's the fucking wavelength. Right, you're right. Here's the wavelength. Die another day. Boom. Wow. Yeah. Just what? Wow. What? What were they thinking? Like. The, like, and again, we'll save it for that episode. There are elements there that just baffle me as to why you think to take it this far. And so they I make a scene around that film. I don't remember that film. <laughs> I don't remember Die Another Day either. We'll I just about. remember the world. We'll talk about oh, that. On, is Die Another Day the guy that has the face swap? That's a spoiler, and yes. But. What a spoiler. It, it's it, a spoiler it, of a fucking 15 year old film. Listen. All right. Die Another Day. Boy, we're in trouble. Let's just get a book yeah, and make Casino Royale. Boom. Goaded. You officially made the best blockbuster ever made. That'll save it. But you, it took you four years to do that for legal reasons and, you know, figuring out a new bond. But a because fucking intensely strong comeback. Yeah. Quantum of Solace is, 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 a, is, a, is a sequel that is, that is plagued by some issues beyond its control. Then you have another legal gap that puts you four years in between Skyfall. I argue that Skyfall is the is the biggest save since The Spy Who Loved Me, right? Because and now they didn't do another mini save. Anyway, here we are. No, no, can, about... can, can, can you not cut me off? <laughs> this saying. is for the thesis. Skyfall is a big. Sa- you brought this up. I will not let you come here. I brought this up. You brought this in up. Our episode that is about checks notes. We will come on Skyfall. <laughs> Is a big save because that's the one where you got to like have the guts to say we, we're back. We're not going anywhere. We can keep making these movies forever. You think we're not relevant? Boom. We're relevant as fuck. Let's go. And then Spectre's just like Skyfall 2, b- boneless Skyfall. Not interested in like saying how much back we are. They keep doing this fucking dumb meta commentary about is this, is it still relevant? Motherfucker, we just made a billion dollar movie that proved we were still relevant. You made 1800. Asking the same question. Yeah. I no time to die, I think, is less of a save because I think it's I think it's a we know we're we know we're good. We know we're good. There's gonna be yeah, okay, I'm, cool. I'm so confident there'll be no fucking boring meta commentary about is James Bond still relevant? 
point to the last two $1 billion, $1,800 million movies that proved we're good. We're fucking good. Meanwhile, The Spy Who Loved Me needs to come back and prove, like, flag in the sand, fuck Sean Connery, fuck Harry Saltzman, maybe not directly, that's kind of unfair, but, like, fuck everybody. Nobody does it better than James fucking Bond. Here's our super handsome spy to prove it. Here's Roger Moore being the most charming man alive. Uh, we, we don't, he's going to blow up a fucking submarine and smile while doing it. That's it. We put it on. We got to get this Done. fucking microfilm to our bosses. That's my other note, right? There's a little setup for the thesis. <laughs> Do you give my other note? You got you got a point. This is a, and this is just for our. This is another classic episode where I don't have much to. You say. You want to fucking tap out? <laughs> no, I don't want to tap out. I'm just saying, like. I don't have much to say. Like, go. You go. I go- I, I could do this for hours. I really could. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's so frustrating that no one else is on our wavelength. No one else cares about these exceptional films. These historic fucking movies. I think a lot of people care about these films. I'm trying to bring them out the is- woodwork. No, Yeah, but, but also, I think... A, f- a friend of mine is a huge Bond fan, and I, you know, you just hear about Bond fans. I think we've got a type. There's, there's a there's a type, and they love the mm. cars, they love the women, they love the spectacle. But I feel that there's not, yeah. there's not as much like. There's a, is there more to that? Is there more than just those tropes? Because, and that's that's your argument. No, there I, is, and they don't want to look at it because you know, you know how I'm so justified in knowing that they're some of the greatest movies ever. Yeah, one man, Christopher fucking Nolan. Mm. Chris Nolan gets it. Chris Nolan knows what we're talking about, what I'm talking about, because he is constantly trying to do it in his own movies. Yeah, he dumps a little too much sci-fi bullshit over them, and Reddit loves it. And it makes him billions of dollars. But it, he I gets it. I haven't seen Tenet yet, by the way. I haven't seen it yet. It, 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 this is the thing, right? When you do see Tenant, keep in mind he's always talking about the spy who loved me, this very movie, as a benchmark for Tenant. Mm. Because it, it's a film he saw in a theater and was like, he is so moved by the tangibility of the film. Like, it was the first film where he, 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 he almost felt he could reach out and like be in Egypt, be underwater, be in a, in Stromberg's lair, which mm. is super commendable. Mm. And I, and I and I, fuck I think with it's it. interesting. I think it's interesting to talk about these things as you know, when you have to when you have to think and look look at things how they are received in their original context. Like it's it's not like it's very easy to listen to. And we go back to you know seventy seven. We're talking about well you know five years. Uh, five, seventy-seven, three, four, four years before that, you know, you got Dark Side of the Moon, seventy-three, which yeah. is arguably it's on all these greatest albums of all times mm. lists. And I feel like you know y- you can't just easily whack it on and listen to it now. I feel like I don't because I don't want to spoil it, but I also don't think like it's not in- immediately so grand you know because we're listening to it now we're listening to it in 2020 mm. after fucking you know 40 40 
how, plus years. What a, what's seventy three? Yeah. So you know, forty three years, nearly fiftieth. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh no, Dark Side is seventy three. So, yeah. but you know, but you know, forty uh, forty seven years. years, nearly fifty years, and yeah. so you're looking at you're looking at how these you, you you're looking at it after it's influenced forty seven years of music. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really hard thing to do. And I argue that if you're, if you're going to critique something like this, like, no, you're, you're saying that Nolan does mm. is say, well, what, what is this film trying to achieve? And it, this is the feeling that I got when I saw this the first time. And if you can try and articulate what that is yeah. and do that for a modern audience, then that is what he's yeah. trying to do with and I haven't seen Tenet yet. And this is the I, other uh, thing, right? You, yeah. Well, like you mentioned with Dark Side of the Moon, you can get scared to listen to it sometimes. Because you don't want to just fucking, yeah. you know, I am, bash it into the ground. I am never scared to go back to a Bond film, ever. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I know what I'm looking for, and I know it. I'm never afraid to show On Her Majesty's Secret Service to people I know. I'm never scared to show For Your Eyes Only, Live and Let Die, Living Daylights, Goldeneye. Because I just know what I, I know. Dark, what I'm diamonds are forever. Yeah. <laughs> no Connery in this fucking household. I really would imagine if someone was like, "That's the thing." Imagine if you showed someone diamonds are forever first in 2020. <laughs> is that what the this podcast fuck? is ultimately trying to achieve? Like, when we get to 25, is it going to be like? I guess that's the thing. We, I'm glad. I, I'm glad that we stuck around. I'm glad that Bond stuck around because I just love, and I'm glad. I'm glad that the the, the, the producers of this these films because there are buckets of films. Yeah, where you can go. Here's here's action, male gaze, yeah. cars. Yeah, and you can kind of throw those elements in and go. A bunch of you know straight men will. Yep. Love this film. Film. Exactly. And there's, that's fine. But there's but fucking I, I care. Just, I, I know. And I, I, I think like, you know, despite me having sort of forgotten large elements of this film to be able to coherently talk about it for 40 minutes. It's because you're busy. Um, I, it's I'm fine. Busy. I watched it like a month ago. Yeah, you're like, busy. I'm, to... <laughs> I'm sitting here in the fucking, in the, in the, it's always sunny, the, the Charlie Day room with the strings and notes going, Bond. You're in the... You're in that. You're in the. You're in the engine room of 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 the bond of the bond renaissance, baby. Bro, like, bro is- we're two months out. I'm fucking cracked, man. I'm rip roaring, ready to go. So this is great. This is the formula. It's it's the location. It's the it's the mass mass world of avoiding mass world thing. It's bond, not just you know. Again, not. He he has to charm his way through things. He has to figure his way out. Mm-hmm. He can't. He's not a muscle his way out. Certainly not against Jaws. I no. mean, Jaws. How how great is Jaws? Clang. Um. Uh. Which which then? I mean, I can't. I can't. I can't stop thinking about how much of it. We'll get to that. Yes. Step. But anyway, we'll we'll keep going. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about the um, the Jaws archetype in the in we the will Moonraker. We talk about Jaws in Moonraker. Um. But I, like this is if here's the thing if you are still listening to this episode, forty five minutes, nearly forty five minutes in, this this is a bond to this is a great bond to watch. It's one you got. This shot. is in the top five bonds. This is 
start with this. Avoid Connery. Start with this. <laughs> Maybe watch yeah. Thunderball. Yeah, like you could again. Like that's my takeaway of of Connery. I'm like, eh. I could. I I've not talked about order. I don't think in the, in the show. You so only far. live twice. You know, as we've discussed, Probo worth probably worth watching a bit, but. Maybe I don't know. Do you I'll get to us. I've been I've been crazy. sitting on a super grand thesis that I will not drop now. Do you in just terms wanna, of, do you want to just edit together like in terms a of a Ken viewing Adam order supercut of all the times like, I talk yeah, about the is, thesis? No, no, no. Oh, you no that we could also do that. Do you just want to do a Ken Adams supercut? It's like don't 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 watch you know a whole bunch of bonds. Like, we did this so you don't have to, but it's like hey, this is this is the part of the legacy. This is the legacy of Bond that is worth. I'm Definitely fucking telling worth. everybody to watch these movies. God damn it. Like, I'm telling great. motherfuckers in the street. <laughs> hey! Hey, you! Yeah! Watch! Hey! You should go! Hey, you got Stan? Hey, you got a Stan, bro? You got a Stan account? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, you like watching, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, you like watching Power? Oh, cool. You should watch James Bond, bro! Yeah! Yeah, they're all on there, man. It's real cool. Oh, hey, hey, dude, hey, watch Goldeneye. That shit slaps, man. Just trust me, you'll have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, you have a good day, man. That's a conversation yeah, I've had with people. Yeah, I totally. I mean, it's like it's like what I, I, I always say, and this is the, not the first and not the last time I will say this, is you put it on and... It's just a warm blanket of good times, and yeah, there's some rough there's some rough times along the way, and times have changed. But uh, I think this is a this is a really this is a really good installment. We changed with hundred percent, hundred percent. Bond is a reflection of our time, and it's still going. Yeah. I genuinely and above all after else the, after this, yeah, I genuinely believe it is the franchise that will never die. Yeah, I genuinely believe that. I believe in two thousand years. Civilization will be looking at James Bond on level with the Bible. I can't wait. My kids, kids, kids are going to be like, yo, <laughs> my kids, 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 kids will be like, man, James Bond, <sighs> sick. Um, it's time to wrap up this episode. Uh, do we have any house schemes to do? Do you want to tell them with about what, how we're going to do like Moonraker? That? Well, I think if we're going to talk about Moonraker, we should just talk about the next two months because – so I texted Dom the other day. I said, do you want to just fucking try and do it? Let's do it. And he said, I'm cool if you're cool. Um, so we interrupt regular programming to uh, announce that um, – well, we're going to do a commentary. Our next episode is going to be a commentary track on Moonraker, which we're going to record this weekend, which is um, which is pretty cool. It will be the and premier way to watch starting- Moonraker. I guarantee it's it. going to be absolutely the premiere to watch Moonraker. In fact, I can't wait for syncing it up with both of us roaring along with the engine. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you put the roar because this is us. This is how you sync it up, That's baby. That's the tech. That's the That's tech. That's the tech. Um, and, and following that, we're having a Bond marathon. We're going to release two episodes a week because we want to try and get them done. We want to get them done before no time to die. I need to talk about Bond. And, um, I need this platform to talk about Bond. We just need to get it done. And if you know, I'm sorry that if you, if you want, <laughs> if you listen to this podcast because you are not into James Bond, then tune out for a couple of months. But uh, look, 
this is we just got to do it. Hey, we, person I, listening I just, now, we didn't. Think- I will make you fall in love with Bond. I will seduce you a- into watching the films. When we first started to do this, and we thought, let's do every second episode, and it was like, well, we're not going to be able to get it done. No. Certainly not in time for April. No. So Because we knew that, and then it got delayed, and we are like, could we still get it done once if we do every other week? Mm. Um, and then I thought, well, oh. it's questionable. It closer and closer and closer, and we just watch more and more Bond, and they keep getting actually good. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm just super into it, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to have two months. We're going to watch the rest of them. We're going to release, we're going to double, we're going to double ship for, which for, uh, which for, oh, if that's a comic book term, guys. That's oh, there we go. That's it. Two it just sounded cool off the bat. You should just, you get two apps a week. Um, and, uh, and that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Nobody does it better than us, baby. <laughs> Nobody does it. Better. Nobody does it better than us. And that was, a, I think I should have planned that announcement a bit better because by the end of it, I was like, yeah. And cool. And that's, um, yeah, and that's yeah, and then anyway, that's it. That's that's all. That's it. That's the tweet. Strap in for a lot of bond, baby. <laughs> we don't let our foot off the pedal. Um, also, if you want to watch us do this, uh, we will figure out a way where we can put this video up online somewhere. If you want to do a watch the video instead of just listening to the podcast, indeed, baby, indeed, models. catch all of our Vin um, Diesel jokes. <laughs> Until until uh, you check out, until we see you with the Moonraker commentary episode, uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find Dom and I on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my name is Roberts, Morgan Roberts. My name is Fitzgerald, Dominic Fitzgerald. Clang a lang a lang a lang a lang a lang. Clang a lang. Oh, it starts. It starts. And there's a woman. There's a woman walking across a no, top of a gun. Does it better? <laughs> Makes me feel sad for the rest. Nobody does it quite as good as you, baby. You're the best. I wasn't looking, but somehow you found me.